Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. With producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Yo, what's up? This is Chase, a.k.a. Mr. International, a.k.a. Mr. Passport Don Dada. And I'm here hanging out with the lovely Miss Ina Esco at Verbally Effective. Hey, this is Rod Bland, and I'm hanging out with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco. You know, this podcast is all about art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. And I need you to hit me up on that cash tag right now because this is a production, right? And I need your support. Cash tag Ina Esco. That's E-N-A-E-S-C-O on Cash App. Also, get you some merch. Ivy Multimedia Shop.com. Get your hoodies, get your tees, get your Henry mask. And you know what? Today I'm very excited because my good friend is in the building with me. I've met him Quite a quite a few years ago, and what I can tell you, he is one of the most interesting people you'll ever meet. He knows a lot about the city of Memphis. He's an entrepreneur, and he is going to push you, and he's going to motivate you. He is a wealth of knowledge, and he is the executive director over there at Western Tennessee A&M. I'm talking about Kier Thomas. Hello, Hi, hello, Keir. hello. How you doing today? I'm lovely. How you doing today, I'm sir? Outstanding. outstanding. Yes. And you know what? I just saw you this past weekend, right? <laughs> You brought yes. the Henry Brothers yes. in town. Yes. I was yeah. just talking about them getting a Henry mask from mm-hmm. IvyMultimediaShop.com, but you actually brought them to, to to the city of Memphis to be recognized, right? Yes. Tell yes. me about um, that. How did that come together? Uh, Patrick and Jamar, a.k.a. Rich and uh, Chase, Chase yeah. are, are very good friends of mine. And it started some six weeks ago, and I said, you know, let me do something for someone else who mm-hmm. I believe is very well deserving. And uh, next thing you know, the city was on board, the county was on board, and they were on a plane in Memphis. And mm-hmm. we celebrated the works that they've done and the sacrifices. And, and the, you know, they just represent us very well. They do. They, they represent us very well. And is that something like that whole weekend, is that something hard to sell to the Memphis city and county for you to get a day in Memphis and the keys to the city? Was it a hard sell? No, it actually happened 24, 48 hours. Wow. Everybody was all in. Do you think it was because of the Henry Brothers, because of what they do? I think so, but it's all in the way that you present it. Mm-hmm. I made sure that when I took that first step, that I had as much information to pass on to them so they can clearly understand who they were. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a lag in time because I didn't do my due diligence in presenting it the right way. Mm-hmm. So I made sure I had the Vogue article, uh, the Forbes article, mm-hmm as many pictures as I can find, and I put together a digital magazine, Mm -hmm. and I sent it to them, and it was in PDF so they could share with other people. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, they knew the mask, but Mm -hmm. didn't know the individuals behind the mask. From Memphis. From Memphis. Wow, that was really beautiful. I'm so proud of those guys. Thank you. Yes, Form of verbally great. effective podcast guest, and now Kira Thomas yes. is in the building. Kira, I want you to let everybody know what part of Memphis are you from? Originally born in South Memphis, I attended AB Hill Elementary okay. on Latham, and years later, my parents uh, moved to Whitehaven, and I went to Hillcrest mm. High School from seventh through twelfth. 
So you're a product of the Haven as oh, well. Yes. How did you enjoy growing up in Whitehaven? Because I think them was the good old days when you it were was. growing up. It like was. the good, good, good old days. <laughs> it was. It was. It was it was very community oriented. Yes. It was um multitude of um socioeconomic people. It wasn't segregated. It was mm-hmm. it was people that worked at FedEx or people that might have worked for the city next door to one another mm-hmm. and their children attended school there and you had huge parental support at games and at, at, at functions at school and you know so yeah it, it was very community oriented and and i got a whole total different story on that mm-hmm. what happened the what, what happened part to, to white haven yeah what yeah. happened to white haven wait first before you uh, begin i uh, get a lot sure? of guests Yes. That are from Whitehaven. Yes. And what I can say about people that are from Whitehaven, they mm-hmm. grew up in Whitehaven. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about very proud of that area. Yes. A lot of entrepreneurs oh, out yes. of Whitehaven. Yes. So what, what happened? I think that the shift from initially Memphis was so segregated. Here's a history lesson. Uh Union Avenue, people doesn't they don't know what Union Avenue represents. So what does Union Avenue represent? Because I'm very familiar mm, with Union Avenue. A lot Avenue. of people believe it was because of the Union Army. Mm. No, that was the street that joined South Memphis to North Memphis. Those were two different cities. Mm. And the street that joined them was Union. Mm. So you had a lot of segregation. You had a lot of people coming from Arkansas over to North Memphis, a lot of people coming from South, from Mississippi to South Memphis mm-hmm. to live in segregated. And as we moved and migrated from North Memphis to Raleigh, from South Memphis to Whitehaven, so on and so on, we took, the, we took our financial powers and shifted the money. Mm-hmm. And, of course, up until the point where the county uh, was – was primarily where Hickory Hill is. That was the county. That was county. Gotcha. Where Hickory Ridge Mall is, mm-hmm. that was the county. And that mm-hmm. changed when I came back to Memphis, and they kept moving the line up to Riverdale, which is used to be Germantown Extended and all this. Mm-hmm. Each time they kept moving the line, we as African Americans kept moving with it. And every time we would leave some people behind that could mm-hmm. not afford to make the move with us. That uncle who went to Vietnam War, who had some issues, stayed with grandmama, et cetera, et cetera, including grandmama. We would go back over there for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But uh, we would live in these other areas, therefore diluting our economic power. And we're still doing it. We're moving further and further away. And, mm-hmm. and, and what is happening to North and South Memphis right about now? Now, North Memphis is thriving. And so is South Memphis. Mm, I don't hear much about South Memphis. I know North Memphis now. I just finished a development on Crump that was a half million dollars just last year. Mm, And it was for a warehouse. But if you look at it, people don't know where the lines are drawn. If you look at the part on the end where Crump meets downtown over there by, uh, what are the condos up on the river? Mm. Those newer apartments on that end, mm-hmm. they use South Memphis the zip code, the bluffs, like yeah. and those apartments going towards Crump. Mm-hmm. They use federal monies because they use South Memphis zip codes. Mm. So, yeah, it's developing too. It's just everything mm. is redlined. You need which to know where them lines at, right? And depending on where the money is, the lines move. Mm-hmm. So you said all of this to say yes. that Whitehaven has changed because a lot of people were left behind as yes. even, years have gone by. Even with people leaving behind uh, or leaving it behind, it has the strongest home ownership in Memphis, mm-hmm. that neighborhood. And there are outside developments that are happening due to Elvis Presley and Elvis Presley Enterprises and all of those things. But how much of the people that live in that neighborhood I was a part of a team to bring in Magic Johnson Theaters. Mm. Myself and Vincent Moore, who both graduated from Hillcrest. Uh, Magic's uh, assistant went to Whitehaven High School. Mm-hmm. She set up a meeting for Nard and Company, which owns the Whitehaven Shopping Plaza and the Poplar Shopping Plaza. Flew us out to Vegas to meet with, with, with Magic, and it was pretty much a done deal. But what happened? Uh, there's a theater company called Malco. Malco got it. Mm-mm. They made it go away. Because oh. then they would have been introducing competition. So it's good to make it go away. 
Because that deal was done. That deal was, the ink was drowned, that deal. Kier. Yeah, what's happening? Let's back up a bit. Let's go. So you grew up in Whitehaven. Yes. And you said you attended, what what high school was that? Hillcrest. Hillcrest. Tell yes. me what Kier was involved in at Hillcrest. Well, I was an athlete, um, okay. I, but I was really a nerd. Um, That's a good combination. Yeah, I really didn't want to play sports. Okay. Well, why I, did you play? Um, trying to get them girls. I was, no, I was I was good at it. Okay. I was I was really good at it, um, and I knew how to direct that energy towards it, and it was just good to be in the camaraderie mm-hmm. of my brothers, and I think that's really what it was because the first thing you ask an athlete what they miss after it's over with mm-hmm. is the camaraderie with the guys. It's mm-hmm. like a brotherhood. Um, yeah, but I was really that guy that went to the computer room to hang out in the computer room in between mm-hmm. classes. Hence where I am right now. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I was. I was an athlete. Um, I was on the state championship team as a starter, as a ninth grader. Okay. Brought Memphis his first state championship. It okay. wasn't Whitehaven. It was Hillcrest <laughs> High School. It in was 85, Hillcrest. Nineteen eighty-five. Eighty-five on y'all with Coach Sonny Hicks, Miss oh. Moore, Greg Pollard. Okay. Ulysses Mays, it was a whole team of us. But it was just a special time because we mm-hmm. didn't have much. Okay. We so didn't have much. What did you do after Hillcrest? Um, I accepted a scholarship to Jackson State University. JSU. Yeah, I played football at Jackson State for four okay. years, graduated in 93. What did you major in? Criminology, Justice Services. I thought you would have said uh, te- computer, science. It was I criminology. You were trying to be a lawyer around here? Yes. Actually, I went into law enforcement and worked for Shelby County government after that. Yes. Oh. Yes. Grandfather, okay. father, all in law enforcement. So I, I thought I was going to do that for the rest of my life. So when I was in grad school, I worked my way through grad school uh, by being uh, an officer on the Jackson Police Department in Jackson, Mississippi. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So you were, you was a whole officer mm-hmm. out here mm-hmm. in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. How was that experience, especially being in Jackson, Mississippi? Because I tell you, I, I was recently there over the summer mm-hmm. with my son with AAU, and it still kind of gave me chills. <laughs> I mean, they had a whole fight up in the restaurant mm-hmm. we were in. I was like, wow. they ain't getting down like wow. this in Jackson? I didn't yeah. know. Um, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. It wasn't. Did you experience discrimination in Jackson as an officer? In Mississippi, yes. Yes. And uh, a true story, we were visiting some friends in Mississippi Valley. We were going to Greenwood, Mississippi. And we stopped off at the Kmart in Greenwood. It might have been Greenville or Greenwood, but it's one to two. So we went inside of the Super Kmart or the Kmart to get a um, cooler because we were finna buy some libations. Right, right. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) And next thing I know, we were standing on the aisle with the sporting goods area, and they said security come to sporting goods. Mm -hmm. So I'm from Memphis, so I'm like, ain't we in sport? Ain't we in sporting? Now, we come rolling through there in some nice cars. Mm. Okay, so as we're standing there, I see security at one end of the aisle, and I see police at the other end of the aisle, and I see myself and my teammates in the middle of the aisle. And I look back up again. I say, yeah, we ain't sporting good, so I guess that security was called for us. Mm. And the police officer said we were told that there were some black guys shoplifting. Yeah, we go with that. And I'm radical because I'm HBCU. Mm. I said, look at the cars out in that parking lot. I said, does it look like people still to drive BMWs and so on and so on and so on? Shout out to Hollywood. Mm. Uh, that's Willie Evans. He had a red BMW in college <laughs> and all these guys. Hey, we Hollywood. weren't rich. We were we were we had good parents that, that looked out for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what drew attention to us coming in. But yeah, we were put out of the store. Didn't find anything on you guys. No, oh absolutely not. I mean, we were standing there trying to figure out which size cooler we should get. So we standing there, but me being the the guy from South Memphis slash Whitehaven, I'm looking up at signs like I just heard them say over the intercom, <laughs> sporting goods and you security. Was prepared. I was prepared. <laughs> so, you know, that was the only thing because wow. Jackson State is in the urban 
neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot of love around there. Wow. The I love, yes. The I love. So what happened, um, you, t- you said you were an officer out there in Jackson. Yes. What happened to that career, and, and what did you do after that? Great question. My parents came to visit me in my apartment, and uh, I had a gun in every room. And I was like, no, 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 don't sit right there. No, 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 don't sit right there. And my mom was like, boy, what is going on with you? We was paranoid. Yes. Why? It ain't cut out for some people. Mm. And I realized my mom, human resource um, type of person, she's able to assess. She said, son, maybe this career not for you. Mm. I had one in the kitchen. I'll never forget in the cookie jar. A gun there, and you I had one. Freddy, Freddy. Yeah, I didn't want to get caught <laughs> slipping if I was in a, in a one bedroom apartment. On top of that, mm, <laughs> you had them guns too many places. And 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 what it was was that, and I commend the police officers and law enforcement officers in this city, because I know a lot of them, and it's hard to separate and to live a life of normality where you know people. You know, you, you, you bring that paranoia home because you might have seen a death, a suicide, mm-hmm. and get cussed out by a person you were pulling over, and then you take that home. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be, you know, deprogrammed out of that. So, yeah, I just I moved back to Memphis after finishing grad school and started working for Shelby County Government. Wow. And what were you doing with Shelby County Government? I was working for juvenile court as oh. a probation counselor. Wow. I How was that. that? Oh, that was fly. You like that? That was fly. Yeah, because you, you with the court's position, you can dictate some moves that's in the best interest of the child. Mm-hmm. And if the child is not in a good situation, the parents can't do nothing about it but go along with it. Mm-hmm. And... What I learned early is you can't tell a parent that they're bad, you know. But if he's coming in at 3 o'clock in the morning and we pull this school record and he ain't been to school in f- four weeks mm-hmm. and then the grades he do have are all Fs and Us, okay. something's not right. Mm-hmm. And so the court system was designed to work in the best interest of the child. And we used every resource not to lock them up but to kind of help change their lives. Mm-hmm. The only thing was there were 40 probation officers Wow. Only three black men. In Memphis, mm-hmm. with a majority African-American. Mm. And 85% African-American males coming through those doors. Figure that out. What's that? <laughs> Nepotism and some old shit. Oh, it's... <laughs> Plenty of that, oh, I yeah. know. Oh. So you saw pretty much, you know, from a government standpoint in mm-hmm. Memphis, you know, the psh, breakdown mm-hmm. in, you know, diversity... Mm-hmm. You know, you're right in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And what could you do? Well, I set out on a pathway of saying, well, let me go back to when I was working the court system. I'm looking out the window. Here comes my mama calling my office one day. Mama she says, be knowing. She says, how's your day? <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all the moms. She says, what's going on with you? I said, not happy. She says, is it the job? I said, I thought this was what I was supposed to do. I got the degrees in it and all of those things. She says, son, just map out your next move and make it. Mm. And it was like somebody stuck a key in my head and unlocked it. Mm. And I started saying stuff like, you mean to tell me if I find something else, I can leave this? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, what? what? You thought she was going to be working out forever. I did. I thought that that was going to be the end some game. And then I started seeing people working there 20 years. Uh And and, and my supervisor at the time is the one that kind of, his name was Richard. He walked in my office. They called me KC, Stanford Kill Christopher. He said, KC, I've been here 22 years. I don't make that much more than you do. Uh. (laughs) I said, what? He said, yeah. Uh Because the only way you get a raise is cost of living increase. Or you get a new another position, but some people stay in those positions so long they, you know, they're gonna be there twenty five like, years. Well, I, I gotta work wait. For the city, like you know? they're supposed to be. So he told me. He says, "I'm telling you this because I wish I would have, at the age that you are now, mm. made a different decision." Good. And I took it to heart because he he didn't look like he was playing. Yeah, I could see re- regret and some other things like. If you're going to run, you need to run right now. 
And I was in my early 30s. I said, feet don't fail me now. (laughs) (laughs) And you ran to what? I went to the school system. And and let me show you how God works. Uh I was sitting in that same office. I was talking to my mom, and my old high school principal called me. Look how God works. The school, Hillcrest, that I graduated from. Mm Mr. Hall called me and said, do you want to come back and teach at your alma mater? Like, where they come from? This was literally two <laughs> weeks after I talked to my mom. Wow. I mean, first of all, I was trying to figure out, how did he get my number? How did he know I was here? I didn't know. So he called, and I said, yeah. He says, your old coach, Coach Battle, may be retiring, and, you know, you work with youth already, and you'll be a good fit here. And I was like, okay. And it was so weird. I went and taught 7th and 8th grade social studies, world geography, and I was in my homeroom. Your original homeroom. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sitting in there, and my coach is still there, my principal's still there. And That's I'm, amazing. The funny thing is when I went to the teacher's lounge, I didn't feel like I'm a grown man, but I didn't feel like I'm supposed to be in here. Why? Because I'm like. I was a student here. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but my old teachers, English They're teachers, they were still there. So yeah. I'm I'm looking like, oh, there go <laughs> coach. Oh, let me go on out here and eat my room today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. The strangest, strangest thing is teaching my classmates' children. Mm, yeah, because you was doing a lot of that. But no. You're like, I know like, your daddy. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm like, you Tamika Kaiser boy? Hold up, you Kim's door. Isn't that crazy? And I'm in my homeroom teaching people who were in the homeroom with me children. Yo, that's crazy. It was just weird. But it was a great experience, and... um I had a chance to move on, and that's the trajectory that I am right now, mm-hmm. is um, I took one other stint as program manager for Stax Music Academy. Oh, When they wow. were just before they opened the museum. Mm-hmm. And great kids over there, and it was fun. But I, I knew it was a crossroads that was about to happen, back to the Magic Johnson Theater. Mm. So I'm working for Stax, and here comes the news. WREG coming to my office. And my boss looking at me like, what? what is the news doing coming to your office? To your office. And they come and ask me questions about the movie theater. And I'm trying to, like, <laughs> y'all supposed to come 5 o'clock, meet me around the corner. What right. y'all doing coming on my now job? It's attention. Yeah, and that wasn't good attention, mm. you know, because they're like, well, if you got other options, please. Okay. <laughs> but, no. it, but but it was, it was a good situation. It wasn't bad. They didn't let me go or nothing like that. But things started to pick up on that side, so I had to make a decision, fairness for everybody. Mm. And that's where I am right now. I started a school. Mm. Actually started originally by my grandfather in the 50s. I saw that Mm -hmm. on on your email. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your grandfather. Uh, Reverend Jefferson H. Taylor, he was an engineer with the Department of Defense, which was formerly the Army Depot. Mm -hmm. And he created the first mechanized conveyor belt systems in the United States. Mm. And it was about a $5.5 million project that he worked on in the 50s, and let alone let a black man lead that. Okay. He created the mechanization system, which now we use, we call conveyor belts and mm-hmm. automation. He did Which that they use plenty of in Memphis, Tent. Let me tell you how <laughs> smooth the federal government is. What they do? They built a building behind my grandfather's house to get information from him in retirement. When they appraised the house, the building behind it was more expensive than the house in front of it. That don't make no sense. They slick. But he was involved in stuff like solar back then. Mm. See, he would bring, he went for it, but he was like, you must equip it, you must build it. But he used to teach the kids in the neighborhood, Mm. drafting and engineering. Mm -hmm. That's where the school started, because all the kids used to want to come over to the shop, and he had his own school. You know, so back in the day, back in the day, is that your mom's father? My mom's father, absolutely. Wow. Reverend Taylor and Thelma Taylor, they were married over 60 years mm-hmm. when they passed, but they were, you know, mm-hmm. he was a he had a very deep voice, he was mm-hmm. very serious, mm-hmm. he was very direct. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, I found out something my grandmama, the one that had the power, because see, she would give him a look. You know, and it, and that's what it was. As much as of a bravado that he had, 
Mm-hmm. I figured it out one day when I saw him telling a joke. <laughs> and I kind of looked over at my grandmother at the same time, and she gave a look, and he stopped the joke right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I said, wait a That's minute. That's that power. That power. That See? power of uh, the, Don't no. do it. Don't Look, do my it. Daddy, my grandparents. My daddy talk about that all the time. The <laughs> my power grandma and granddaddy the... didn't do that. Yes. No, they didn't So your, gr- your granddaddy was your yes. inspiration in starting the school. Tell me yes. about Western Tennessee A&M. Well, Western Tennessee A&M... Um, got its rejuvenation from uh, Walmart and Cricket Wireless and Hilton Hotel. See, you be getting all the deals. You be, you know, you serving all the grants Come and, on, the, and the money, the money. Yes. Well, it's all about leverage. Here's how it started. Hilton came on board first. Uh, Applebee's came on board with Hilton. And we they paid us, at least Hilton did, was to train uh, the employees at Embassy Suites, which is a Hilton brand, because they were about to introduce some new technology, and they want us to train, blah, blah, blah. They gave us some money. I took that and started the first phase of the school. And then here comes um, Walmart in a Walmart grant. Mm, the nice Walmart brand. family. Oh, look. <laughs> let me tell you about that. Let me tell you, you about that. you Walmart people. money, people. What? Walmart money. Uh, let me tell you what it was. <laughs> The chick sat in a P.O. box for three weeks. Why? I didn't know it was in there. They ain't even calling to me it was in there. They weren't even looking for it. How so, were you informed? My admin at the time went to check the box, and she checked. She said it was something stuck to the side, and I must have missed it. And she said, but I got it. I said, okay, what is it? Is it a bill? She says, no. <laughs> I said, well, open it up. She said, I did. She said, I thought it was a bill, but it's a check from Walmart. I said, hand it here. I said, I looked at the amount. Mm-hmm. I said, and they not missing this? And oh, they ain't called to see why it didn't clear? What that check was for? They ain't telling my business. Yes. About everybody, 1.5 everybody million. Everybody's shaking their head. <laughs> Look, I'm looking around the room. It was a nice amount, it we was can a nice say. Amount. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, it was real good. And that and kicked and off your school. And here comes Cricket Wireless. They bought mm-hmm. the naming right. And in the midst of Cricket Wireless coming in, AT&T buys Cricket Wireless. Mm. So there you have it. And we accumulated, but we put that money 100% back in the business, and it manifested. And we kept our prices, we kept our expenses low because our buildings were donated. Mm-hmm. 6 West G, Patterson, all of our locations were donated. And then the computers were donated by a company called ER2. And they recently donated some 750 laptops, Dell laptops. Mm. What it is is so the money can go directly to the service that you're trying to provide. We don't want to be top-heavy and needing all of these things Mm -hmm. to get started and to sustain ourselves. So wherever we can leverage ourselves, we do. And we got a major announcement coming up probably in the next two weeks. I need the exclusive. What does it deal with? <laughs> um, it deals with the city of Memphis. Hmm. It deals with a nice size structure in Memphis and this workforce development being in neighborhoods. Hmm. In neighborhoods, multiple neighborhoods. Well, let's just say community center. Yes. Okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we don't need any more basketball courts. We need No, we don't. And you know what? Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, Just talk about the scope of education Mm -hmm. in the city of Memphis. Mm -hmm. And even just in general, you often hear parents say, you know, I want you to go to school to be a doctor. I need Mm -hmm. you to go to school to be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. But technology has has changed. Uh, Our culture has changed. Mm -hmm. And the direction of your school is a voice for this, right? Right, absolutely. So talk to that, Kira. <clears throat> well, first of all, before I started the school, uh, I enrolled in everyone's school uh, in the subjects that I was looking to carry. I found out something very unique. First of all, certifications for entry-level IT um, network systems, all of those high fancy IT jobs, there are no prerequisite. 
No. You, you would think that would be, right? It's not even a prerequisite to go to school to get your certification. It will be smart to, but it's not a requirement. If you today want to be self-taught and go to a testing center tomorrow, you can get a certification right now. You can just zip through. So that's the first thing I noticed when I enrolled at Southwest uh, Community College's A-plus program. I saw 15 and 16-year-olds sitting in the front row. Mm. And I saw 30 to 40-something-year-old black men wearing FedEx Coca-Cola uniforms sitting Mm. in the back row. Now, here's the game. When it's on a continued education category or catalog, you got to pay all that money up front. There is no financial aid. So if the course costs $1,700, you got to have that $1,700 paid. Mm. So typically, white kids... Mother and father paid that. And then in the back row, the brothers had to save up the money to get to the 17. Mm -hmm. And and, 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 and the reason why I'm saying that is that you really could run this in any high school. Mm. So I went in to create an opportunity to do certifications only. No certificates, no diplomas, certifications. Because the average income for an entry level certification is around thirty five, forty thousand dollars. So imagine a fifteen, sixteen year old making thirty five, forty thousand dollars. It's possible. And if you want to go to a school and take it, it's no longer than three months to study. (laughs) Quick. Yeah. So that's why by the time that they're 21, 22, they got about four or five certifications under their belt making six figures. If you look at any job description, it's only two things. Do you have a certification or not? And how much experience do you have working that certification? Wow. No high school diploma, no GD. And that's where my first student came from. I was working in a program where we were looking after kids that were on probation. So this one young man was on probation. I went to his house. I had to see where he laid his head down. Was it food in the refrigerator? And I noticed when I got to the bedroom that he had computers lined up against the wall. There were four of them. Mm -hmm. And I know computers, and they were high end. I'm like, wait a minute. He dropped out of school. He got computers. He doesn't have a job. So I asked him, where did you get those computers from as I'm making my notes? He says his cousin would come home. Um, on weekends from the Navy and take him to different places to buy the parts, and that was their time together building computers. I had just gotten, I think, 125 desktops donated by AutoZone. I said, if you fix those, come to my office tomorrow. 30 minutes later, he had six of them running. Oh, he was ready. So I went into my pocket and paid for his certification. Mm -hmm. He passed it the first time without any formal training. He didn't even have a GED or high school diploma. I had to convince him, dude, go back and get your GED and high school diploma. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that if you can take a person that has certain delinquent issues or has certain things going on in his life where he's not working in a traditional school, a trade like this only stands to help them. Really? Seriously? So, you know, shout out to all the trade instructors who... Are undervalued. I, I mm-hmm. trust me. I have a few degrees, but yeah, I haven't used them in a minute. And I use these certifications. It, it's so many kids right now, including mm-hmm. my sixteen-year-old. Okay. They're rethinking this college route. Oh yeah, they trying to get to the money. Yes, ASAP. Yeah, and they should. Yes, they should. I mean, yes. less, more money, less expenses. Because you go to college, you got this thing called debt. Unless yes. you. Playing basketball, playing football, mm-hmm. or you, you know, know scholarships. Scholarships. You got to meet their academics. GPA. You got to rock the. And then, you you know, your opportunities. And let, I, I'm all for formal education in college. If you're going, obviously, to become a doctor, a nurse, a school teacher, an attorney, we we need those out yeah, here. Yeah, we do. But there are some alternatives out there that we're not making normalized. Mm-hmm. We're not normalizing that along with. HVAC, plumbing. Why are we not normalizing that along with a bachelor's, mm-hmm. a master's? Because they make they make good money as well. But mm-hmm. when you suppress one and you increase others, I get suspect. Yeah. Real suspect. Well, well, I mean, I think we're at a moment in time where a lot of things are being reevaluated now. Nothing. <laughs> we, are, we have so much access to information now. Can I give you one example of Definitely. that? Definitely. Well, I had this client 
who had, he went through a situation where he had a car accident and he became partially disabled. So he had to have his house retrofitted to do some things for him computer-wise. He was an investor. Well, I told him when we did the assessment, your current computer's not going to work. He says, well, give me a week. I'm going to get one. And then you can come back and set up our network system. Well, I come back a week later. He says, the guy is coming over at 3 o'clock, so if you can meet me here with him, he's bringing over the CPU, Central Processing Unit, so you you know I can do what I need to do in terms of network systems with you. I said, okay, I'll be there. So I stood in the dining room, and I'm looking around, and I'm speaking to this young man and speaking to his mom, saying, hey, how you doing? And he comes in on the wheelchair. He says, meet the guy that just sold me a CPU. He was 14 years old. He custom-built a CPU for about $3,000. He was so young, that woman standing next to him had to bring him. That was his mom. He didn't even have a driver's license. Wow. So you mean to tell me he can make $3,000 real fast, but he couldn't even drive over there to drop it off? Yes, he can. And I, I was skeptical, and I said, well, let's plug it up and let's run some tests on it. I said, uh, excuse me, young man, can I get your business card? Uh, <laughs> we, I might come need, on, my team. Yeah, come on. Let me, I might need somebody to need this. And, 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 and that's the thing about trade. You either know it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You either have the experience or you don't. You can't talk this. Wow. And that's, that's what's needed out here. So you saw a need and mm-hmm. you filled that gap mm-hmm. with your whole school, yes. your program. Yes. And it's thriving. It Big is. announcements coming and yes. some more. Let me tell you what we did a few months ago. This is coming out of the test pilot. So we're we're Western Tennessee A&M School of Engineering and Design. I said we need more things design-related. So I put a call out to Beverly Hills, California, to Cat Tat. She was on Black Ink, Chicago. Mm. So she was, at the time, she was pregnant. She was about to have her first child and all this kind of stuff. I said, what would you think about a virtual tattoo training program? So she did a drop for it. She said, not only do I love it, I believe in it. I said, okay, cool. Just send me the drop. And I looked at it, and and she was talking about it. And it's becoming one of our most popular programs. Because what I found out, I said, maybe we're getting people coming into tattooing. No. We're getting people who are in tattooing and trying to enhance their skills. They might need to know how to shade or do this different or do that. But that industry is so underutilized because there is no formal school for it mm-hmm. on a larger scale. So you get virtually, you get training virtually from celebrity tattoo artists. And you do an apprenticeship at a local tattoo gallery, and it comes with your equipment and everything you need. Two tattoo machines, the ink, everything. Now, see, I can see my son Dallas Come doing on. that because he's Come an on. artist first. Yeah. Why not? Why not? How old is he? 16. Why not give him a chance now? I will. Come on. Let me sign him up. <laughs> I'll give him a free admission into it and give him the tattoo machine and we'll Let's bring him it. in. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Yeah. And we just want his testimony of his experience. That'll be his payment for it. It's his testimony. Let's do it. Like, okay. seriously. Absolutely. So That's many what talented we don't, kids out here. We don't do that enough. We, 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 we have training wheels on their legs so long that when the real world hit them, they don't know how to take a hit. Mm-hmm. We need to give them some while they're, and my mom told me this, and my parents told me this when I got grown. My mom says, Chris, I had you for 18 years. Once you get out in the world, it's not like I don't want to catch you when you fall. But I have to trust when I had you for those 18 years, that mm-hmm. learning going to kick in. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we got to test that right now mm-hmm. with your boys. We need to, hey, yeah. do you like this? Do you like this? Okay, yeah. if this the route, here's the game plan. Yeah, because cause even right now with him being 16, I'm trying to break that, <laughs> break mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this little umbilical mm-hmm. cord that mm-hmm. was there, mm-hmm. slowly but surely, giving him little tests to see mm-hmm. 
You know, okay, he's yeah. a little more mature in that area. Right. You know, and it's happening so quickly right. now. <laughs> At 16, they just room oh, and they turn into somebody else. Yeah, and you're going to look up one day and then you're going to be calling your, I call my oldest son, Keenan. Mm-hmm. I called him and I said, well, you're not going to call and check on me, you know? And, <laughs> Uh, you know, you start calling them like, hey, what, what, what you doing? Or do they text you? Oh, yeah, they'll text me back, but uh-huh. I require a phone call. I'm, I'm Dads a little, require, I phone, require calls. phone call. No, no. I don't, a FaceTime. What? A FaceTime. <laughs> but, boy, they so grown, and my mm-hmm. middle child is living in New York. Mm. And uh, so, you know, it's, it, it's rewarding, but now they're living and doing their thing. And you got him at 16. Mm-hmm. But when he turned 27 and he says, Mom, I'm going to catch this flight. I'll call you when I get to the hotel. Oh. And you sitting there, you and Dad are like, ah, He's grown Yeah. Oh. The hubby can't wait. Like, bye. Bye. Look, bye. He say that now. You're going to yeah. catch him making phone calls. So mm-hmm. uh, what you need to do is you need to go and get the tires rotated today. And, okay. Uh, he going to be finding reasons happening. to call him and, and, you know, and all right, Dad, I'll hit you back in a minute. I yeah. could definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. But I really, I'm really digging, like, this mm-hmm. school care mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. virtual yes. opportunities. I mean, within a pandemic, Everything is virtual. You mm-hmm. know, even we kind of talked about this last time I saw you. Yes. A lot of people had to pivot and go virtual with, with whatever platform they had. We've been there for 15 years. Mm. Because when, when, to go back to Walmart, they paid us to train military veterans. And as we were training them, some of them were getting deployed in the middle of training. Mm. So we had to have that platform for them to continue training some 15 years ago. Wow. So they can continue the training even though they were deployed. They would start off here in Memphis, but then they get a call, they got to go. So I, I think what has happened with the pandemic is people are understanding what is necessary and what is not. Mm-hmm. Why go all the way on the other side of town to have an hour-long meeting and we could have done it in 30 minutes on the Baby. Zoom? All you need is a phone. Come on now. All you need is a phone. Now, I do want to pick your brain on this. Speaking of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. there's so many sides of the spectrum going on right now, uh, especially with how we're moving forward in society. We got the vaccine, right? Right. And look, for example, NBA, you got your Kyrie. Mm Mm-hmm. Over here saying, right. you can't tell me what to do with my body. Yeah, right. I'm losing money, but this is my body, right. and I'm going to do what I want with it, and you can't make me take the vaccine. Right. We got the folks in New York. I know people that are getting fired right now. They work mm-hmm. for the city of New York mm-hmm. because they refuse to take the vaccine. Right. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that um, as it is today? <clears throat> Being a person that had COVID mm-hmm. and I had it and I thought I was going to die for real. Tell me about your experience with COVID. Well, when I got it, 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 it came subtle. And then it just hit me on that. I was feeling bad one day, second day. I was in the bed and could out, couldn't get out the third day. And, and as men, we don't go to the doctors like we should. And I was thinking, okay, this will pass. Or you try to normalize it. Oh, I'll be all right. And then here come day four, day five, and you're getting worse mm. and worse. And then you start getting scared. It's a gradual worse. Yeah, because, you know, as men, we think we can shake it off. Or if we just rest today, it'll be all right tomorrow. And then, you know, the the, 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 the type of effect that it has on your respiratory. Could you breathe? No. So you talking about you at the house could barely breathe. Yes. Like. I had to go to the hospital. They sent me back with a respirator, a thing mm. to put in my nose to get, and it still wasn't enough. That's it, scary. And and at a, at, a, at a certain point, you starting to say, okay, so this is what they've been talking about. Because mm-hmm. you're experiencing it, and you always have a different perspective when you are experiencing mm-hmm. it, because only you know how bad it is. And to the point where I was having missed calls and family members showing up at the house. Worried about you. Worried. Because I was, you know, you, yeah, I was just in bad shape. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm drinking water. I'm drinking this. I'm trying to take the right medicine to kick it. And it was making any impact. Mm. It has to run its course. And I understand now where some people with pre-existing medical issues getting it that severe and then it kills them. I get it. 
I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have kind of quite gotten it if I hadn't experienced it. So back to your question of the Kyrie versus whatever's going on. Kyrie has that choice. It's his body. But you can't crown the other side either. Mm-hmm. Get the money up because that goes with the job. They're not obligated to pay you if you're not performing for them. It's a job. But look how it had changed from week to week, though. They said this one week. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, well, we're going to let you do testing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that people in New York, since he's in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because he's in New York, yes. he, he's mandated. Yes. But a player from... Another state can come in and play. Come over and play. Is that not crazy? It is. I think it needs to be a mandate straight across the board, league-wise, and not be relegated to the state they're coming out of or the city they're coming. For example, here in Memphis, you have to show your vaccination card. Oh, they doing that now? Oh, they've been doing that. Where you got to show it at? Before you enter the building, as a as a fan. Oh, okay. So you got to show that you've at had FedEx at form. least, yeah, FedEx form. Mm-hmm. You got to show that you've had a test within forty eight hours, mm-hmm. or your vaccination. I like home. the option. Yeah. Do me here or do right. me here. Right. Don't just force no. It's it's a hard uh-uh. call to say. Yeah, you got to take it. I'm like, I don't want to take it. I don't. And I don't, you can't make me take it. You can't it. make me take it. But as far as his job is related, and would. The point that you just made, well, what about all these plans flying in from these right. other parts of the country into this same city? Because all of them on the court together. That's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not right policy mm-hmm. by the league. If you're going to make it mandated for him as an individual related to a team, you need to make it or step in and tell that team you can't enforce that with that player. Yeah. Where's the players' union? Where are they? Standing up saying, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're playing both sides of the fence, I think. Right, right. their feet are probably held to the fire, too. And everybody's having a wait-and-see approach to it. Yes. Now, who's going to break first is going to be the question. Who's going to die first, too? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Are you going to get a booster? Yeah. So you you pro-medicine. You like, give me that stuff. I ain't trying to die. Felt it, and Ugh. I don't want that no more. Ain't nothing like this big old dude being stretched out and can't can't function, yeah. and 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 be really incapacitated. And and I don't want to get too graphic into the respiratory part, mm-hmm. but that stuff was like super glue. Mm. I'm looking at it. I'm like. Because that's what it does. It, yeah, super it, glue it was. Coming it out was. Of you? Oh my god. That's what that's what gets you in the respiratory because mm-hmm. you can't cough it up, and then there's no medicine to loosen it up, so it sits there and it increases. It's sitting on your lungs. It's and you can't get it off of you. Oh my god. So they try to treat it and 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 break it down as much as they can, but it's a super virus for real. Do you think it's man-made? Yeah, they did that over there in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. They hooked us up. Notice how uh, the president was talking about tariffs, and then how all of a sudden we started talking about uh, mm-hmm. talking about this. We sure got up off that, didn't we? Quick, they're like, oh, okay, I, I got some for him. <laughs> Bio warfare, bio warfare, and they send it on over. It literally started, I think, either in Seattle or New York, and then next thing you know, it spread across the United States in a matter of two weeks. Yeah. Because I think they were having some event mm-hmm. there in China, and mm-hmm. then people flew back to their respective mm-hmm. countries, and bam, the pandemic. And it spread so hard, mm-hmm. and you couldn't stop it. It was a runaway train. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, we're going to have to move forward and learn yes. how to live with this COVID, right, and the new strains yeah. that are coming. Yeah, yeah. The, the necessaries in life um, have changed. Mm-hmm. And it's making us much more intentional about our moves because, like, mm-hmm. the event that we attended, mm-hmm. you know, everybody was like, hey, hey, how you doing? Fist bump. Mm-hmm. You know, even now, got your mask? Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's wrap. And everybody's social distancing. Uh, and that's important to, I mean, we should have been doing that anyway. Yeah, but we, no, but we were We was no. just living like it's yeah. 1999 and absolutely. no end. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> wow. So, you know. Well, Kira, um, how can everybody learn more about Western Tennessee A&M, and how can mm-hmm. they sign up? You can go to mywestam.com. 
org and that's spelled M-Y-W-E-S-T, the letter A, the letter letter M, dot org. And all the information is on the homepage in terms of getting in contact with us uh, about our programs that we offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how old do you have to be? There is no minimum age. You See, can be I knew it. No it minimum couldn't have age. been. It couldn't no, have been. No, no, no. In that's fact, the younger up. the better because the younger they are, they they breathe in, breathe out technology. Uh-huh. So the learning curve is real short for them. Very short. Yeah. I was teaching five-year-olds how to build computers. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Amazing. I got pictures of it. I got videos of it. Well, Kier, yep. I love what you're doing. Um, I wish we had more time to talk. Me and you That's might right. have to do a part two, uh, like a uh, like launch off into another okay. kind of okay. podcast okay. I'm, situation I'm over here. I'm you know what I'm it. saying? Absolutely. But before we go, I do want you to tell everybody in the verbally effective audience, mm-hmm. why do you choose Memphis? I choose Memphis because Memphis is me. It's in my vibes. I travel the world, and... Everybody loves people from Memphis. Why is that? You know, we got a certain swag. We, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> they can tell us a mile away. They want to hear us talk, and they want to hear how we think. And we're so broad in the way we approach th- certain things, and we're laid back. Mm-hmm. And, and we really introduce cool wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love Memphis. We introduce cool. The originators. Come on now. Who could come <laughs> up with soul music and rock and roll and the blues? Oh, right here. Right here. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Well, Kier, thank you so much. Did you give your you. social media handle as well? Yes. You can reach me at Kier, K-I-E-R underscore Thomas on Instagram. You can reach me at Kier Thomas on LinkedIn, Kier Thomas, K-I-E-R-T-H-O-M-A-S on Facebook. And I'm getting into that other stuff later, but I guarantee you it will be Kier Thomas as well. Yes, yes. And, you know, a big shout-out to Michael Mosby for Mike making Mosby. the introduction yes. to you, Kier. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciate shout what you're doing. Mike. And I'm sure we'll be working together on more projects forward. in the future. I look forward to it. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you, Verbally Effective Audience, for allowing me to enter your world digitally today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all streaming platforms. Also, subscribe on YouTube on the Ina Esco channel. Check out the merch at ivymultimediashop.com. And thanks again for tuning in to yet another episode of the Verbally Effective Podcast. Yes.